Well, today I'd like to talk with you about having faith. Faith is one of those Christian qualities that's really important. And if you've been in some of the Spirit Life classes, we've been talking a lot about uh, different Christian qualities. We've talked about wisdom, love, patience, holiness. This morning, Pastor taught about uh, how Christians should um, face but overcome when faced with temptation. So a Christian overcomes temptation. So today I want to talk about faith. So let's read one scripture while we're all standing together, and it's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. Today we're going to talk about faith. I'll read one more scripture while we're all standing. And it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, amen. You may have a seat. Yes, thank you, God, for your word. Yeah, faith, hope, and love. Those are things that you can't go to the store and take off the shelf. They're not something that you can point to and say, oh, there's the color of love. I know that's love. It's not a shape. It's not something you can throw in the back of your truck. It's not something you can bring with you to school that people can see in your hand. But Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance. That means it's there. You can tell if there's faith. You might not be able to see it like you see the physical substance, but it doesn't mean it's not there. I mean, just think about COVID-19. There are people who have gotten sick. It's there. Now, so faith is a substance. I think this is uh, a challenging thing to wrap our mind around, and it takes a little bit of time to dig. It's a, bit, a little bit of time to look into the Word and to look at the examples of faith. So we're going to do a little bit of that today. So it's a substance of things hoped for. So when you talk about faith, it, the definition that we're looking at talks about hope. So we got to talk, figure out what hope is as well. So things hoped for, again, that's not something you can physically grab onto, but it's something that you can see, wow, that person has hope. And that person did something that showed they had no hope. So the hope is a tangible substance as well in the spirit. It's a spiritually tangible substance, different than a physically tangible substance. So I'll read that one more time. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we don't see it, but we can see evidence of it. Like you can't see the wind, but you can see the trees bending under the power of the wind. Faith is there. There are uh, three stories in the Old Testament that I like to dig into how they had hope and how they had faith. And the first person I want to talk about is Noah. Noah. So imagine being Noah. He was living in a land where all of his neighbors did what they wanted to. None of them feared God. And God looked at all of them, and he, he couldn't see anything in them 
in the spirit where he could give grace. Uh, I should say he couldn't find any grace, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. So Noah lived in a world full of iniquity, full of sin, full of wickedness. But he had hope, and his hope, what do you think Noah's hope was? He looked at this world, pretty bad. But his hope, founded in God, was a new world without iniquity, without violence, without wickedness. He held onto a hope greater than his surroundings, greater than what he could see, and it was beyond what he experienced. And God gave him a word of hope. So that was, uh, so that was what he hoped for. So then there's the faith, which is the substance of that hope. So let's look at the faith of Noah. He acted in faith that was aligned in that hope. So how was faith a substance? Well, it was observable by the people around Noah. People could see Noah's faith every time he stepped out, got a hammer, and started putting the nails in the boat. As he started sawing the logs to put the ark together, they saw that he had faith. It was observable. Every time he talked about things, every time he spoke, he said, well, I got a, uh, it was a nice conversation. I got to go uh, make sure we have a place where we can put food for the animals in the boat. You could tell just by talking to him, he had faith that what got the hope that God gave him, he was going to go do something about. So people could physically see the substance of Noah's faith. Without obedience to God's word, no one would have realized Noah had faith. If he would have said, oh, I believe God and didn't do anything, who would know that Noah had faith? Would he have had faith if he said, okay, God's coming with a flood. He told me to build an ark. I believe it. I'm not going to go build it. He wouldn't have had faith. So the flood had never been seen. It hadn't even rained prior to that time. Um, but Noah's faith was the evidence of the unseen. Because of God's grace and Noah's faith and his obedience, the hope was realized. And Noah, he did see the rainbow on the other side. The ark that he built in obedience to God brought him through faith to the hope that God had given him in the beginning. So he, he saw it through. He kept faithful. And God said, I'm going to start new with you and your family. Uh, go, be blessed, spread across the earth. So we can look forward to our hope. What's our hope? It's in Christ Jesus. It's eternity in heaven, free of iniquity. It's when we are given a word of God to hope in, then we need to have faith and a line that aligns with this hope. People will be able to see our faith because of our obedience. We will, we will dig into the scripture, dig into the word, seek God for his word for us, and it will give us the hope we need for the faith that we need to have, which we will obey and people will see. They have faith. They have hope. They will see it. We will see our eternal hope realized. It will happen. I want to talk about another man, David. He was anointed king. So um, I think from if the studies I read were right, he was about 15 when Samuel came and looked through all of the sons of Jesse, and he said, David is the one to anoint to be king. 
So he was anointed king, and that was a promise from the man of God that David believed. He believed it, and he, that was his hope. God gave him hope. This is your calling. I'm calling you to be king of this people. And now, to get to that place of hope, it may take longer. It might take you having that faith for a period where you don't quite see hope happening yet. Because even when uh, David was anointed king, right after that, he went back to the fields to tend his father's sheep. He was still doing the things that he was faithful doing, that he was supposed to be doing and being responsible about. Um, but that hope was still there, and he believed it. At that time, David wasn't king yet, but he didn't fear Goliath. Imagine the time when he came in and saw everyone saying, this Philistine, this filthy Philistine is talking bad about God. That made David angry because he knew God was real because God had given him a hope. And so David was saying, someone needs to do something about this, and I'm not afraid because I have a hope to be king. I can't die yet. God will see me through. So he went forward with courage and with faith, and, and God made things happen. Now, even after that um, victory over Goliath, David had to still face some challenges and hold on to his faith through the trying times because Saul was after him. Saul was trying to kill him. So David had this hope, and he was trying to act in faith. He was learning how to lead men in the wilderness. He was taking some steps in the right direction, but he didn't see the he didn't see that hope realized yet. He had his faith was being tried is what was happening. He had to continue and be um, persistent in that faith, which developed patience in him until finally the hope was realized and David did become the king that he was anointed to years prior. So the hope will be realized, and sometimes we just have to hold on to that faith and to keep persistent doing what we know is the right thing to do. Another Old Testament story to talk about are those three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as Reese continues to speak, I nearly remember that their original names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their Hebrew names. And they, did they exhibit faith or what? So they had hope. Their hope was in obeying God no matter what. They knew they were accountable to God, and they wanted his affirmation more than anyone else's. So what did they do about it? Well, they acted in faith. They said, we will not submit to your rules, Nebuchadnezzar. They are because, I mean, they didn't just stand up to be rebellious. They stood up because they were contrary to God's word. They said, even if we die, we have hope beyond this situation. So think about that. They're in a situation where they could be thrown into the fiery furnace, and that's it. But they said, our hope is bigger than just this body, just this moment. It goes into eternity. Our hope is beyond just this life. They knew God could save them, um, but they said, even if he doesn't, we'll still operate in faith because our hope is bigger than this. Our God is bigger than this situation. 
He is bigger than any challenge we face. He is bigger than any sickness we might have to endure and trust him through. Any challenge we go through, we can trust him to bring us to the hope that he gave us in the beginning. Yeah, their, their faith, those three Hebrew boys, it resulted in obedience to God's word. They would not bow down to anything else. And did, they, did people know that they had faith? Well, they were the only three standing. All they had to do was peek up and say, oh, look, they're standing over there. They've got faith. So it was, it was seen by others. Their faith was observed. Everyone saw the evidence of the hope that they had in God. And then what happened? God delivered. He was in the fire with them, and they were not burned. I think the only thing that burned were the, the shackles on them that fell off. They operated in faith rather than fear. Let's read uh, Mark 4, 38 through 41 about faith and fear. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I'm talking about Jesus in the boat. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, you do not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So those with faith are unfazed by the storm. Even the wind and the sea must obey when rebuked with great faith. When we are faced with worrisome or threatening situations, we have a choice to respond in faith or in fear. So Jesus had a divine mission. He knew that the storm couldn't take him out yet. He knew that he had a work to do, a ministry to accomplish, and then a cross to bear. What's the storm? I'm just going to take a nap through it. That was his faith. A lot of the disciples were focused on the wind and the waves. They were focused on the storm around them rather than the hope and their mission in God. That's how we overcome fear with faith. Uh, there's another story where Jesus finds great faith. This is in Matthew 8, 9-10. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes into my service, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So this man obeyed authority. He expected those under his authority to do the right things, and he did what was expected of him by the authority above him. So that means that he had to submit as we have to submit to God. He had to, uh, to do what was ordered of him, just like we are to stay under spiritual authority and walk in obedience. When, when they don't understand, the, um, so this, I think it was a centurion, when those under him didn't understand his commands, they just had to trust him, just like we have to do. And when they're asked to give them themselves, they ought to do it. And so should we with the right attitude. So the first step of faith is to do what you know is right according to biblical principles. That's a first step of faith. What do you know that's right in the word of God? What have you read that's right? Do that 
And that's taking a step of faith, believing in that and walking in the right direction. Let's read again in Matthew uh, chapter 9, 27 through 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. So how did these blind men exhibit faith? Well, first they had to cry out to Jesus. They had to seek him. They had to come to him. They had to look for God. And that's how we can start operating in faith, going to God. Not only that, they, when they cried out to him, they had an expectation that he would respond. They expressed their need. Why would they do that if they didn't have an expectation for God to do something about it? So these men exhibited faith. They sought after him. How did, how did they really have faith? How did we know it? Well, Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done. And they were healed. So they had faith. God said, whatever you believed, let it happen. If they doubted, they wouldn't have been healed. So God will look at our faith. And I think I have a scripture on that too. That's what God is looking for from us. And that's valuable to him. I think it's like heavenly currency. He's looking for faith to be used in his kingdom. There's a, another scripture that I didn't give but it's faith without works is dead. And we've been talking about that a bit. Um, as, you've, as we've been talking, faith, if we just say we believe and don't act on it, do we really believe it? Would anyone think that we actually believe it if they don't see us doing anything about it? If, if you're a kid and you see a dad and he gives you a promise, you'll believe him if you watch him preparing to deliver on that promise. So yes, faith without works, it's dead. Obedience must follow faith. In, fa in fact, anytime we have faith, there is action tied with it. And ex expectation is anticipating God to keep his promises. So there's that expectation piece, and then there's our side, the preparation. It's taking steps towards those promises. So we must have faith. It's super important. Luke 7, 47 through 50 says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, this is talking about uh, the adulterous woman, they are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgave sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So salvation, it comes because God responds to faith. We want to be saved? We must have faith, and God will save us. Luke 18.8 I tell you that he will avenge you speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes... Will he really find faith on the earth? 
So God is going to avenge. He, he sees every injustice that's done to you. He sees everything that you deal with, and he will take care of it, and he will bring you through it. If you hold on with faith, he will bring us to the hope that he's given us. And he's looking for that faith. He's looking for that faith. Hold on to it. Yeah, I, I believe Jesus is coming really soon. And what's he looking for? He's looking for faith. He's looking for people who have operated in love, you know, loving God first and neighbor second, people who operate in hope, who anticipate the eternal life that God has promised that's going to be better than this one on earth, and those who have faith, who are demonstrating by their actions in faith that they have a capable God who is active. Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, Galatians 3.11 is very similar. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Who's the just? What does just mean? It's righteous. The righteous shall live by faith. If we are going to have righteousness, we need God to birth faith in us. We need that faith to become tangible in us. Luke 14, 14. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So that's that just word again, the resurrection of the righteous. So if we walk in faith, God will put his righteousness on it, and we will be resurrected. We will have the new life because of our faith. So we got to live in faith. We must have faith. It is what will bring us to what God has promised. Uh, so let's look at this a little bit more. Faithfulness begins with the basics. Uh, Luke 16, 10 through 11 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So this is the basics. This is, um, God says, let's break it down to what you physically handle because it takes a bit of working with that and trusting God to get to the spiritual. He says, let's just talk about your money and where you put it. If you can be faithful and a good steward with the physical possessions and the money I give you and you invest it in my kingdom, Eventually, I will give you true riches. All of us have seen money fly away. All of us have seen um, times when money did not meet the need because that's not the true riches. There are times when money meets needs, but it's, it is a rich, but it is not the true riches of the Spirit. So we should be faithful with our money. Pay our tithes. It's the minimum God asks us for, and it's an investment into the kingdom of God. And we've got to give God something to work with. So when Jesus had the multitudes, he didn't say, okay, here's all the bread for everyone. He said, who has got any food? And the boy brought a lunch. We've got to give God something to work with. Once we give him our faith, he's like, okay, now i got something to go and to multiply. Romans 10, 17. This is another 
solid scripture on faith. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So anything of eternal substance must first be generated by God's word. And that's why we must be open to it. We must value it. We must hear it. And then our faith can be activated. We must let God's word get into our ears. Then it can get into our minds, our thoughts. We'll meditate on it. And then it can get into our hearts, our innermost being. And it will then have to manifest itself by faith in our lives. And people will see it. That's the process. Get into God's word. Let it into your mind. Meditate on it. Let it become part of you until it changes your life and your heart from the depths of your being. And God will see that. God will recognize that. So faith is taking God's, I would say, far-fetched in our own minds, our, his far-fetched promises as guaranteed. God might say, like to Noah, I'm going to bring a flood and you need to build an ark. Well, that's far-fetched. That didn't make sense to Noah, I bet. And if he would have talked to any of his uh, worldly comrades, they would have said, yeah, that's, you had too much pizza last night or something. <laughs> but what did Noah do? He took that far-fetched promise as guaranteed. And we could, I, um, I think there's a scripture I'm going to hit about it. Oh, yeah, it's in Romans 4, 19 through 20, talking about Abraham. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already being dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver or did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So God gave him a promise, and he could have, as he could have easily staggered or said, oh, that's far-fetched. I don't know if I was thinking right. But no. He took that promise as guaranteed. And that's what we need to do. Sometimes what God says, God's ways are higher than our ways. And that's why we have to trust him. That, okay, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm pretty certain it's clear that this is what you told me. Stick with it. Stick with what the word of God is, what you know is true in it. Romans 12.3 says, For I say... Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So God has dealt you a measure of faith. And this scripture shows that our faith is originated by God. We can receive it and operate in it, or we can reject it. So that's why he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who invests faith in us, and we need to cultivate that faith and let it grow as he works on us. So once we have his faith and we work through it, what's faith going to do for us? Well, let's look in 2 Corinthians one twenty four. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. To stand when we are being attacked, we need faith. Not to shrink back in fear, we must let faith win. If we have faith, we'll be able to stand. Take it even to the next step, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So we can stand when we have faith, 
And even then, we can move forward. We can walk when we have faith. It will bring us to somewhere where beyond where we were. The enemy wants us to fear and to shirk back. But with faith, we can stand and even progress forward. To move forward, we need faith. 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 19. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. So there was a prophecy made, and he that was his hope that he held on to, and he waged the good warfare and had faith. So we advance. We stand, we advance, and we even make warfare through faith. So who should we be trusting in? 1 Corinthians 2.5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is in the power of God. So he gives us a measure of faith. He's the author of the faith in us. He builds it. He will finish it. And it's because of God's power. Faith, it's beyond our circumstances. That's why we can't um, grasp it with our own hand physically. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians 1.4, So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So, yes, God does need faith for us to please him. It takes real faith to hold on to an eternal promise while enduring temporary hardship. We might endure temporary hardship, but if we hold on to that eternal promise with faith, it'll bring us through it. Uh, this morning, Pastor talked about our perspective and how when we're faced with temptation, if we're looking at our need in the moment, we might try to fulfill it in the wrong way, and that's giving into temptation. But if we look at our need in the moment and say, wait a minute, back up and look at the big picture and change our perspective, that's when we can overcome that temptation. And the same thing is with faith. It's all about your perspective. We might have to endure some things, but when you look at the value of, of the hope and holding on to it, it's worth it all. Think about Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is our example of walking in faith, and he endured some things because of his faith in the hope that he could restore our relationship with him. So he's the one who started our faith. He's the one who's building our faith if we act in obedience and take steps and trust. Faith is risky because we don't see exactly where we're walking. And we have to say, okay, God, you said that there's a step here. I will take it. You, you brought me this far. I'll take another one. And he, will, he started us, and he's bringing us through by faith, and we will receive the hope, and he will finish the work that he started in building our faith. So in conclusion, I'd like to say our hope is something bigger than this world can offer. It's bigger than the next big thing that everybody around you might be talking about. 
It's, it's bigger than this life. Our faith is formed from God by his word. So if you're looking for a place to start, start in his word. Um, and, but this faith, it's evidenced by our actions of obedience. If we don't obey, I, I doubt we have faith. We must walk in obedience. So faith is risk because we can't see the result, but it is what Jesus will be looking for when he returns. So I encourage you to take your next step of faith, believe God's word and act on it. A faith-filled life is a righteous life. Shift your fear of man to fear of God. Show evidence of your faith by expecting God's promises to be fulfilled and by preparing for them. And finally, let God start building your faith. For in due time, he will finish the work. Yes, Lord, we thank you for the faith that you started in us. We thank you for bringing us through, Lord. We thank you that we have a solid foundation that will stand no matter what winds we face, no matter what trials life may bring, Lord Jesus. You are the one who brings us further. You are the one who holds our hope. I pray that we would encourage each other, Lord. I pray that brothers and sisters in the church would come side by side and say, I believe you're going on the right track. Don't give up. Keep being faithful. Lord, I pray that we would uh, come arm to arm, Lord, that we would encourage each other, Jesus. Help us to not keep our eyes on the challenge of the moment, but to open our eyes, increase our perspective, Lord Jesus. Let us operate in faith. I pray that we would have faith that comes from you, Jesus. Be the finisher of our faith, I pray.